All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. There's that time of the year that every parent loves, but also dreads at the same time. That process that's out of our routine where we see our children who we love so much, but who we see our children more than ever and can sometimes be a little bit draining, a little bit different. And today I have with me Susan Yacoub, a childhood educator over 10 years in the industry to sort of talk to us about school holidays and to give us some tips and some ideas to help us parents get through these school holidays and every school holiday coming up and to help us make it as effective as possible and enjoyable for our children. Susan, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Michael. If I'm just starting off again, as I was just saying, it's something that every parent loves. Like, I mean, as a parent, it's so exciting to be able to spend more time than usual with my children. Um, but at the same time, um, you being a parent yourself would know just as much as anyone else. It can also be really draining as well. Um, and also because I think most parents normally don't really know where to start. So I was hoping today we can talk about that and sort of share some ideas and um, some tips and as an early childhood educator, I'm sure you probably have a few of them, you know, being around children as often as you are. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. And I know how much it changed when I became a parent myself, um, you know, as well, because you just really, like you said, you really look forward to that time. You really want to spend more time with your kids. And then things seem to kind of head um, you know, go south very quickly sometimes when they when they are home. Um, but it is a time to be cherished, and it is a time for us to um, slow down and really um, enjoy that time time with our with our kids. You know, yeah. so um, yeah. it's definitely uh, it's also a mental process. I think that we need to prepare ourselves for as well. Yes, yes, because th- they grow up so quickly. And I know every parent says this. And before we even had children, people say to us, oh, you know, and spend time with them. They grow up so quickly. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it actually happens, um, it's so surreal, isn't it? Because one second they're babies, next second they're walking, next second they're taller than you. So Absolutely, it's- <laughs> absolutely. My daughter's about to go into high school next year. So this has been really highlighted for us this year in particular, uh, that, you know, she's really not that our little baby anymore and she's going to have her uh, well, she already does have her own life, but even more so, you know, coming into teenagehood and and all of that. So it is really, but there's even at any age, there's so much to cherish when we're together at home. Yes, yes. And if we can sort of just start off with some of these, some ideas that you mm-hmm. have, or just some, I mean, I mean, the first question I probably have, is it worth planning out school holidays or just winging it? Because I mean, we sort of think, yes, let's plan it, but then we end up just winging it, which I don't know is as much of a good idea. Yeah. So that is a great question. Actually, it is a really good question. And I used to be of the mind, you know, whereas I had to plan everything to the nth degree and I wanted to fit as much activities in as I could. But then I realized that that probably wasn't the best approach. But then just winging it too is not always work out because you get to the end of the holidays and you think, oh, there's so much more I wanted to do. So I think a nice balance is good. Possibly have a list of a few things that you would like 
to do with your kids. Um, but also remember that there are times when they're tired, you're tired, and sometimes just being at home and playing around the house is just as rewarding as doing something outside. Yes, that's a good point. So you don't actually always have to leave the house and take them somewhere. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, yeah. you know, and it's we forget that it's spending that quality time with our kids. You know, it's not always about the experience of the bigger, better thing, but that quality mm. of what we do with them is the really important thing. And if we just look back at our own childhoods and at our own memories, sometimes it's the simplest things that we've done or the simplest, you know, just playing outside with our neighbours, kids, um, you know, playing Scrabble with our parents or even just watching a movie together. But it's it's that feeling of being relaxed and being together as a family that is it imprints the memory on our mind. Yes, because I actually read an article, this was probably a few years ago now, saying that it's actually good for our children to be bored. That's exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. There's a lot to do with that and creativity and problem solving and really getting those cognitive juices happening, you know, all their brain activity happening. Absolutely. I think we are too quick to give our children activities these days and not just allow them that space to be. Yes. And if we can sort of, I guess, we'll start off with going mm -hmm. outside the house and going places. Yeah. Um, can you share some ideas? Um, and because uh, some of these things, some parents may have already they already do regularly, um, some things they probably haven't considered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, and, and, you know, if you're like us and you're a working family, and especially this year has been, a, a, you know, quite difficult as well, you know, we, we always look for sort of low cost or free activities to do. But mm. in honesty, uh, and from an early childhood perspective, these are the more beneficial than going somewhere where there's a lot of um, artificial stimulation. So, you know, we we live in a country where it's so we're so blessed to have beautiful green spaces around. You know, start with your local park. Yep. Um, often, a lot of us have sort of forested areas around our houses or close by or within a half an hour drive. So it's nice to look at your local area. And I mean, sometimes we do a Google map challenge where we look at the Google maps and try to find a little area that we can go to and go and explore it. And, you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but the experience yeah. is fun all the same. We just pack a picnic and off we go. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And when you go to a forest, um, mm -hmm. I mean, can you share some ideas? I mean, this is probably for my own benefit as well. Like I love going yeah. to the forest and taking the kids, but when we get there, the issue is that there's, there's no swings, there's no slides. Um, yeah. There's maybe a, maybe a bit of space to kick the ball around, but that's about it. Uh, mm. And that's the benefit. You know, sometimes when you're not used to it, and especially as a family, if you're not used to going to those places, you can look at this space and think it's so barren. But when you just sit and um, relax for a little while, you realise that there's so much beauty and the kids then start playing with things, you know, um, yep. running around the tree or if there's boulders around, you know, that provides hours of enjoyment and modelling those things to your kids, picking up the leaves and observing those and trying to see, you know, the little insects that are crawling around. But a good place to start, you could take your own little explorer kit with you. So you can just make some little binoculars at home before you go from, you know, your kitchen cardboard rolls. Um, you can take a magnifying glass. You can take a clipboard and some pens with you. I know my daughter absolutely loved that as a kid and she'd take her little explorer kit with her. And it just opens up such a world of possibilities when you get there. Yes, that's so true. I think I'd enjoy that as well. And then we can even like talk to the, and you can talk to the kids about, I guess, I don't know, just try, trying to find bugs or, you know, what they see around them. 
Yes, absolutely. And a really, actually a good place to start, Nature Play, Nature Play Australia have a great website and yep. they've even got a little passport which you can download. It's a Nature Play passport and it gives you some great ideas as parents where to start and little activities for the children to do outside in nature. So that's a really good place to start. Okay, sweet. That's good. And, and what about um, day trips going places? Because, I mean, the, yeah. the issue with day trips with me is, and again, whoever's listening to this, I mean, who is listening to this is going to have different mm-hmm. they're, they're family gonna, situations. Yeah. And different mm-hmm. ages as well. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes the long trip can be an issue if you've got like a one-year-old or a two-year-old. Or I mean, to be honest with you, it doesn't matter what age they are. I think children at different ages will get bored and just drive you crazy anyway. But uh, can you give any tips on that side of things? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, you know, and I think it's really important to work with what you've got as a family. Sometimes we listen to things and get ideas about, oh, we should do this and should do that. Well, you know what? The only thing that you really need to do is what works for your family. And we know as our family, for example, one hour is our absolute limit. We can't really go for longer than that. You know, my daughter gets, uh, you know, even as an, as an older child, she, she gets a little bit agitated and she, I think she feels a little bit car sick, you know, because they have to sit in the back. So, so choose a place that is close by and within your family limit, you know, take, um, take some snacks with you. And I think the two is to enjoy the journey. If yes. you're going along and you think, oh, you know what, it's actually time to spot, stop, find a little spot to stop. It might not be perfect, but that's okay. You can get out have a little snack, have a drink, just refresh, and then you can be on your way again. And, you know, and I think playing those age-old games in the car, you know, like I Spy or, um, you know, little things like that. If you've got slightly older kids, we started playing a game where we would look at the number plates of the car in front of us and we would try to come up with a word for each letter, you know, and, you know, secretly they're kind of learning their literacy as well, as well as, uh, you know, get, getting um, entertained in the car. But, um, but you know, and then, you know, when you get to that day trip, you know, just, just make sure. I mean, we always pack our own. We, we do. You know, sometimes it's, it's hard getting to a place and you don't have, you know, your water or your food and everyone's getting a little bit, you know, um, a little bit rowdy. So it's kind of nice to be organised, I, I think, you know, when you're going. Again, every family is different in their situation. Mm. But day trips are a fantastic idea for holidays. I think, you know, once you get out um, into nature, you can all sort of sit down and and relax. And again, we live in such an amazing place. We are so fortunate that we have mm-hmm. so much to explore. Yeah, so true, so true. And mm-hmm. I know museums and galleries. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're always handy. Um, that too, yes, especially obviously, you know, if it's a summer holiday, summer school holidays, it can get quite a bit warm or stormy on some days. And those are really amazing resources, again, that we've got our disposal, you know, the art galleries and museums, yeah. which yeah. seem to be an abundance of, you know, and um, and again, be organised with a little snack and, uh, you know, as you go and explore those places and, you know, just say, okay, you know, it's time for a little break and it's nice to just slow ourselves down have a little break and then go back in for a second run. Yeah, that's it. And you know what? We only discovered this about maybe three or four years ago. And Mm -hmm. maybe we were the only ones that didn't know, but during school holidays, the art gallery museums, they actually have, they tend to have a lot of activities on for the kids. Absolutely. There's so many fantastic resources put on by local councils and state councils. Um, And, you know, if you get onto the, your local council's website, or, you know, there is often 
uh, those galleries' websites and the museums' website that will tell you what is happening. And yep. a lot of them are for, for free and such fantastic resources. Yes, yes, good point. And, and another a tip I'd like to share is taking the kids on the bus. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because I remember, I mean, even to this day, they still love catching the bus. Yeah. So. You know, Michael, that is such a good point. You know, we always say some days I'm just like, let's be a tourist for the day. You know, yep. actually just exploring your city as if you would, yep. you know, and, um, you know, in your local area, they might, you know, often councils have a um, a free kind of city hopper style a bus or ferry if you're lucky enough to live near a river or, yes. or the bay. Yeah, so there's often really amazing things to do if you put your tourist goggles on. Yeah, that's so true. And what about at home? What about mm-hmm. being at home? Normally, I mean, the first call for most parents, unfortunately, yeah. um, is the TV or the iPad Yeah, um, or just putting them in the backyard and locking the door and running inside to have a coffee. <laughs> um, but what else? Can you, can you help us get a bit more creative? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? No kid will say no to good sensory play. And what do I mean by that? I mean, just, and it doesn't have to be anything special, just things you've got around the house. Um, You know, you can get a big container and I, I will just preempt this by saying, find a safe space, find a space where Um, maybe out on your deck or out in the backyard under a shady tree where it's not going to be too much a hassle cleaning up. Put a big tub there. Put in some water. I mean, water play is fantastic. You can put some, um, just some plastic plates and um, cups in there. You can put some, um, you know, leaves. You can put some shells if you've got them. You can even put things like if they've got plastic animals, you know, like dinosaurs or or, or um, if you've got some plastic fish or, you know, any of that sort of thing that doesn't get water damaged. And mm. kids really, really love to do that. And don't be scared of letting them put some sand or dirt in and make mud. And I know we went through a, a, a phase once where all the kids wanted to make potions, you know, they would put yep. leaves in and they absolutely love it. And the, um, and the, and, and the problem solving that is going on in their mind is, is actually very beneficial for them as well as they, as they um, move through life. Yeah. You've also got things like rice. Just put some rice in and watch them play with it. You know, again, you can just add a few different tools that you've got around the house. Um, or some toys that you add around the house. Another really great one that we love is corn flour and water. Feels amazing. And you can put a few drops of um, food coloring in there and make slime. Nice, nice. Oh, slime. How much do kids love slime? Absolutely. (laughs) Um, And uh, what about, um, I know the the other thing um, (laughs) is uh, cooking. Cooking's a big one, actually. Absolutely. Um, But at the same time, it's as a parent, you sort of get scared because, you know, they're going to mm-hmm. trash the kitchen or mm-hmm. hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cooking is a big one. And I, I actually, I, I'm guilty of that, of initially I would be, you know, very hesitant to do it, but then I had to, again, change my own mindset. I realized that, okay, if I'm going to do this experience with my child, it's not about the outcome. I, I had to sort of stop making it about the outcome and make it about the experience. I think once you go into the experience, knowing that it's about you bonding and, you know, there's a lot of teachable moments that you can have with your child in cooking, uh, you know, counting out the spoons that are going in or the cups, you know, fractions, you know, looking at half cups and quarter cups and, yes. and it's just amazing. And again, it's a sensory play. Let them put their hands in there. It doesn't matter. You know, you yeah. could have even, 
you know, prepared some cookies the day before, like here's some I've prepared earlier, you know, and, and make that cooking experience just one to be really enjoyed and cherished. And I think kids will remember it for years to come. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm. Yep. Any, anything indoors that isn't so messy? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. Um, absolutely. I, I have um, a really, really great one to, you know, apart from, you know, obviously board games and things like that, you can play with your kids. Um, kids love cubbies. And I know you're going to say, yes, it is a little bit messy, yeah. but, you know, I, I, with mess factor, I think it's not so bad. You no, know, you can, you, can, you can kind of get a little cubby up there, but also setting up um, a dramatic play area, you know, yeah. go with your own children's interest at the time, really notice what they're into. And um, kids are going to engage a lot more with things that they're interested in, you know, whether it be setting up shop or uh, setting up a toy store, for example, or setting up a post office. You can, you know, pretend that you're writing and posting letters. Um, it's really amazing and so much educational kind of, again, I'll say that word, teachable moments within that, those scenarios. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. And the other thing that crosses my mind a lot is mm-hmm. um, the chores around the house. You know, like um, yes. there's, I've heard conflicting opinions. Um, some say that chores are bad for children because, you mm-hmm. know, you need to just let them be kids. And then there's the other side of teaching them responsibility. Mm-hmm. And there's also the concept of having like a point system or a reward system. That's something we tried to do a year ago, but then we yeah. talked to a friend of ours. I said, no, that's really a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your personal opinion on it? Yeah, interesting. And all those points have validity. And again, it, it also depends on your own personal uh, family situations and the um, and just the disposition of your own child. Yes. But bringing it all together, it, it, again, it's approaching it from a different way. It's not a chore. You are helping in the house. Children need to feel like they're part of the family. So mm. absolutely, there is age-appropriate things that kids can do right from when they're probably three years old. Yes. Um, at right up until, you know, and it creates a good habit and a good association. So it's not so much, oh, you need to do your chores. It's, I need your help with this now, darling. This is your time to do this. You know, can you please set the table? Or And you know what? Kids actually love feeling like they're helpful. And, and sometimes younger kids want to do what mum and dad are doing. They, they want to put a stool and wash the dishes, you know, let them give yes. them some plastic things to wash. You know, they, they absolutely love it. Um, uh, you know, and then as they get older, it's, it's more of, you know, okay, it's your turn. Okay. You need to put your washing away or, uh, you know, but also kind of make it a little bit fun and make it just normalize it. It's like, you know, mum will do this, you do that, or let's do it together. Next time you can do it by yourself. Yep. Uh, you know, also sort of prepping them and getting them into it. Again, I find so much of this comes back down to our own sort of mind frame and mental attitude about it. And if you look at it from a position where you're helping your child, you're actually helping them be a better person. You're helping Mm. them be more resilient. You're helping them look after themselves. You are being a parent to them. Mm. You're Mm. modeling to them the right ways to be, Um, you know, and I think, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, I just want to do it because it's easier for me to do it. But that's not then imparting, uh, you know, the, those those right values and family values. And you know what? Children more than ever need to feel like they are part of this family. You know, they yeah. need to feel like they are part of a family and, and a group um, and, and doing 
well, let's call them chores, but doing work around the house and helping is definitely a really big step towards that. Okay. Okay. And and with point systems, reward systems? Yeah. Okay. Again, it depends on your child's motivations. Um, You know, some some children it works for, some children it doesn't. Some children just really need an intrinsic motivation. They need to know that they're doing it for a purpose, you know, um, in regards to, you know, point out why it is beneficial for them to do it. Um, but if you, some kids are motivated by, uh, my child is so motivated by money. I hate to say it, but if yep. there is money on offer, <laughs> she's there. She's there. She could be a future is, financial planner. Absolutely. I, I, I have no doubt that she's going to have some sort of financial future. She is able to save, she is able to set a goal and she is able to, you know, and, and, you know, so coming back to that, tying it in, it is actually good to, to teach them that. You know, it's good to teach them to have a goal and how to work towards it. Because sometimes, you know, our society, as you know, we are so, um, what's the word? You know, it's it's a um, just swipe your card and off you go. You know, you've got what you want. Um, Instant gratification. That's the word I'm looking for. And we need to teach them that there are steps to achieve those goals. Again, you're imparting a, a resilience in them. You're imparting a wisdom in them. You know that that will really carry them through through their years. Instead of being disappointed if they can't get something, they learn the value of working for it. You know, yes, and as yes. parents, we just want the best for our kids. We want to give them everything, but again, that's not helping them. You know, so if they want something, let's help them and use this point system, but for a reason. Yes. You know, the rewards for a reason. Get them to set their own goals, and then get them to achieve it. Okay. So accountability, essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And you know what? I, I do want to say something about real money. We, we hardly ever see it anymore. Yes. But it is, even if it's play money or even if it's tokens that you work out with your kid, it's really good for them to handle that. Um, you know, and, uh, and I see it in schools all the time now. Part of the curriculum is still actually working with coins and money, but a lot of kids don't even have never even seen it before. So yep. it's, but it's not only just for that. I know some people say, oh, that's old fashioned. But my point is it's actually showing them the value of money. You can't see the value of a saving when you've just got a credit card. They can't understand that concept. They yep. need to visually see how to add that up. So, you know, if you're doing that at, at, um, at home with your dramatic play area, say you've set up shop, lots of kids love to set up shop, yep. get them to put values on those things, you know, get them to, to, to write out a little card that says, this is $1, this is, you know, 50 cents, this is $2. And then they can have, you know, oh, they've got $50 or $20. What can you buy with that? So, and that's something us as parents can get into as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. And speaking of parents, Um, So just talk about us now for a second. Mm -hmm. What are your tips on dealing with stress and the craziness? So, Mm -hmm. because I'm assuming apart from being a parent Mm -hmm. as a, you know, with your qualifications and with your experience, um, you're used to being around children all the time. Like I know, for example, when I go to pick my children up from daycare, you just look at the educators and I feel sorry for them. Sometimes you can just <laughs> tell they're just mentally drained. Um, so, so as a parent, do you have, are there any tips that you can help us out with um, yeah. to deal with it? And also, I guess, to communicate as effectively as possible with the children, because as parents or as humans, as we get angry, it's very easy to raise your voice or, you mm. know, we don't want to let out our frustrations on the kids. So mm. please. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And as you know, as a parent, and even as a, as a teacher, it can just be a bad cycle because, you know, when one person gets heightened, the next person gets heightened and it can be a yes. very bad cycle. And if one person doesn't break that and calm it down, um, you know, it, it leads down a, the, you know, the sort of the wrong path that's not beneficial for, for, for anybody. Um, the hard way I've, I've learned, um, you know, again, it's, it's about our own sort of mental frame. But let me say, I mean, that's easier said than done. But let me say, I'm a huge advocate for um, outdoor play, okay, and nature, because nature has something in it that automatically and naturally calms us down and calms our children down. But we just have to take the time to stop and actually notice it. You know, when we are getting really stressed and heightened and we're thinking, oh, there's so much to do and, oh, no, stop making that mess. And mm. you know what? Grab a picnic blanket. Just go outside if you're lucky enough to have a little yard or, you know, often we have, you know, most places in Australia have a park close by. Just grab a picnic blanket and go and lie there, you know, and just at first your brain won't let you relax. And I'm telling you that your brain will not let you relax. And then but after a while you realize, oh, actually, hang on. I am calming down. The kids are playing nicer, you know. And again, um, you know, if you're at home and you obviously don't have the opportunity to, to go out right at that moment, it's taking that step back again and modelling to our children that, okay, you know what, I have to say sorry, I got really angry then, let's start again, you know, let's both of us take some deep breaths and let's work out what it is that we need to do together to move forward to move forward through this, if that makes sense. Sometimes it's hard to put into words, but if that yeah. makes sense. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. And it sounds a lot more healthy than relying on a glass of wine. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is okay planner. too at the end of the day, it is fine. <laughs> but absolutely, if you can keep yourself, um, you know, all those things in perspective, and it is hard to do, as you know, you know, yeah. it is so hard to do when you're in the middle of a situation. But I think what's really important too is to not beat ourselves up about it a lot. I think if we can model to our children, that's yeah. even more important because anger is a natural feeling. You know, getting frustrated is a natural feeling we are going to in our life. But just to be able to find a strategy, you know, a strategy that works for you, whether it is putting the radio on and dancing. Sometimes, you know, we've discovered this recently and I'm like, you know what, I'm feeling so stressed. I'm feeling like everyone's doing the wrong thing. I'm going to step back, put the radio on, have a little dance with my family, as silly as it might be, you know, let's have a laugh. And it just breaks the tension. Something yeah. else might work for work for your family, you know, yeah. but again, it's just kind of, and then modeling and then actually being brave enough to say, sorry, yourself to your yes. child saying, hey, you know, obviously it's age appropriate too as they get older, but even when they're little, you know, you can still do it. You can say, I'm really sorry, you know, let's start again. And hey, let's talk through this. What's going to work for you? What's going to work for me? So true. The other thing that we sort of focus on mm -hmm. and sometimes and that finding ourselves on a lot, not just during school holidays, but all the time, but I find during school holidays, the children are around more mm -hmm. um, are our phones. Yeah. Um, so, and I guess it'd be good to have this discussion together briefly, um, because I know you're not an expert on technology, <laughs> but yeah. it'd be good just to get your thoughts on that. Because I think as a parent, it's, yeah, like we find ourselves on our phones a lot as it is, but I think maybe as a child, I think it's important to just maybe put your phone somewhere and maybe put it on silent or turn it off for at least half the day or while you're oh. playing with them. 
Absolutely. And I, and I know, and I know that, you know, all your listeners will also relate that it is, it is hard to do. We have become so reliant on our phones. They're yeah. our whole life, but, but it's like any habit. It's almost like you have to consciously do it and break yes. that habit. I mean, we have a big rule in our house. There's absolutely no technology in the bedrooms. Yeah. So if we go into play in there, there's no technology, but I've also had to train myself that if my phone rings or I hear a message beep, I want to model to my child that that's not an emergency. I can let that go. That's okay, you know, um, but absolutely put it on silent, put it away somewhere. You know, it wasn't that long ago when we didn't have mobile phones yeah. and, you know, people couldn't get us all the time and it was okay. The world still revolved. <laughs> so, and we were able to give our kids that attention as well. You know what, Michael, you've hit the nail on the head there and that's what it is about. Our children are feeling more and more alienated. And I mean, you know, I can quote research, but I think people in their heart know it's true. When you are talking to a child, they know when you're not focusing on them. They know when you're not giving them your 100%. You know, when was the last time you really looked into your kids' eyes and let them break the gaze? You know, think yeah. about that for a minute. And, you know, that is so important for them. And as they head into life, you know, they're young now and they're still under our protection. But as they get older, they need to still be able to feel that love and connection. And this yeah. is the time for us to build it. And putting that phone away for a little while, you know, and there's amazing things you can do on your phone these days, right? You can put, you know, the do not disturb and it actually sends a message to whoever you, you they're ringing you to say, oh, I'm just, you know, busy for a few minutes. Don't disturb me for now or whatever it is that you need to do. But just think about it. Aren't our Imagine. kids so much more important than any phone call that's going to come through? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Couldn't yeah. Agree. And, and a tip I actually heard a while, this was a while ago, I heard this tip. Mm-hmm. It's just phones in general. And I think the question was asked saying, if you were laying down in bed mm-hmm. about to sleep, or you've just woken up in the morning, would you really want some strangers or would you really want your friends walking through your bedroom? And I mean, most of the time, the answer is obviously no. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the point that that person was trying to make is then why, do, when you wake up in the morning, do you quickly go on your phone or before bed? Why is mm-hmm. Facebook or so Instagram the last thing that you're looking at, mm-hmm. you know? And I think the same thing applies with kids. Like when you would, when you're with your children, would you want a stranger or um, one of your friends mm-hmm. or someone that, you know, be there with you? Or would you rather just have that one-on-one time with your child mm-hmm. or that family time? So yeah, that's a great way know. of putting it. It's such a visual that is absolutely true. You know, that's absolutely true. And it's, yeah. and it, you know, it also ties back in with that stress you were talking about before. Yes, We don't realize how much this is really heightening our stress. You know, yeah. our brains are trying to do, and if we just come back to being in the moment. And I know there's so many things now about, um, you know, being in the moment and um, what's that buzzword these days, you know, being mindful, the mindfulness, yes. you know, all it is is about being in the moment and actually focusing. And, you know, again, I'll come back to something you said right in the begin- beginning of this podcast. You said about, you know, those years slipping away so quickly from us. And if we can just take the time to be mindful and being in the moment with our kids, you will find that time will slow down a little bit. I found this both in my professional and my private life, you know, being um, with, um, with young children sometimes really brings that perspective and just yes. sitting with them and listening to them and slowing down to their, to their time frame just makes that day longer and you just think wow you know this is amazing and I've actually really enjoyed this and you feel calmer yourself 
Yeah, such good advice. And it's it's not rocket science, but it's just something mm. that sometimes we need to hear. Oh, um, we all need to hear it. And, you know, I mean, I know I'm saying this and I need to remind myself of this all the time because yeah. it is just what's around us, isn't it? You know, and we've all got phones in our hands and we've all got so many different ways of communication, which can be beautiful in some ways. Yeah. But like anything, it's got to be in moderation. We've got to learn how to put that aside especially for our children as they're growing up right now in these very important years. Yeah. And, and lastly, resources, um, mm-hmm. where to get information from. Can you, I mean, you've already mentioned nature play, um, but are there any others that you can think of that people can use? I know each city probably has their own Facebook yes, that's exactly website, mm, but yeah. That's could- exactly what I was going to say because a lot of um, councils or each city probably has a little community group that puts up uh, lots of resources um for their community nature play australia like i said is a great place to start you know even um i wouldn't say pinterest but sometimes those things become really i don't know you know (laughs) uh, a lot of it is more advertising these days but there are great sort of you know if you just type in uh, sensory play ideas you know there's that you could get some really great things um that you can um, have a look at um you know i think kids spot is probably a an Australia-wide thing, kidspot.com.au. K-I-D-S-P-O-T. Yes. And, um, and, you know, again, again, if you just uh, put those things, you know, like um, day trips uh, close to me or, you know, forest walks close to me or parks close to me, you know, I think we've got, again, you know, technology is, is not a bad thing. Here's one place where it's really good and you can get those resources at your fingertips. Yeah, sweet. Thank you so much. It's amazing advice. And to be honest with you, I'll probably use most of that advice myself. <laughs> and lastly, um, I need to, all my episodes. I have some sort of dad joke at the end of them. Um, so, today's, <laughs> Bring it on. So, so, well, what's orange and sounds like a parrot? Oh, I don't know. Tell me. A carrot. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I love it. <laughs> yeah. She wasn't too bad. Yeah. I, I might even use it today. But uh, yeah. no, thank you so much for your time, Susan. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. And all the best with your kids on the holidays. Yeah, thank you. I'll need it. Trust me. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.